Welcome to the podcast of Scott Street MB Church. We hope you find this message inspiring and encouraging in your walk as a disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ. Second Chronicles. Yeah, I doubt that's one of the books that you would probably go to as part of one of your preferred areas of reading in the scriptures. I can just see you saying, Lord, I really need some inspiration. I really need some comfort. Let's look in Chronicles. It's like somebody saying, oh man, I can't wait to get the library. They've got a brand new dictionary. I can't wait to crack open. But I've, uh, I've discovered, as you progressively read through the scriptures, which I've done a number of times, and many of you have made it a goal to read through the entire Bible many times in your life, that even when dealing with issues of Israel's history, there are some sentences or phrases that pop out at you and they speak to where you are right now in your life. And that's what's amazing about the Word of God. Hebrew says it's living and powerful, it's active, it's alive today. It's one of those things that can speak to us no matter where we are in history or where we are in our lives. Now, this was exactly the case as I read through this passage about King Jotham. There's not really much that's said about him. There's only one small chapter and only nine verses at that. But right in the middle of this chapter, there is a verse that did jump out at me. It's verse 6, and it says, Jotham grew powerful because... He walked steadfastly before the Lord his God. Now, that's the New International. In the New King James Version, it says it this way. So Jotham became mighty because he prepared his way before the Lord his God. So you put these two together, and it's talking about forethought. It's talking about purpose. It's talking about preparation. And it was like one of those moments that the Spirit of God whispers into your heart and tells you that one of the keys to becoming mighty or powerful with God is by taking a deliberate action to seek Him out and prepare your way before Him. It's a case of cause and effect. And in Scripture, there are many of these. There are many promises that God makes, and every promise has a condition attached to it. There are things that he will do if we act in a certain way. He says, uh, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from your wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin and heal their land. New Testament says, if I confess my sins... He is faithful and just to forgive me my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. So there's this, he will do if we will do. And I think there's a key in this portion of scripture to something that God wants each of us to take notice of and pay attention to. And I think that within each one of us, there is a desire to have a stronger faith and a deeper Walk with God. And this is not new. Even the disciples said to Jesus, said, Lord, increase our faith. So faith is something that can grow. And if we're honest, we could all say that, Lord, I I really could use a deeper walk with you on a daily basis. 
And we are able to be blessed to look at the lives of others and see what it was that enabled them to do just that. Now, as you read through the accounts of the different kings of Judah and Israel, there is a constant up and down between those who did right according to the Lord and those who did evil according to the Lord. And you say, Lord, what's the matter with these people? Why, you know, why are they so stupid? And then we look in the mirror and say, okay, well, why am I so stupid? Because how many would agree that there's times when we're up and there's times when we're down? Okay, how many aren't voting? <laughs> All right. I, I remember years and years ago I was uh, teaching a class of young adults. Some of you have heard this story. And one woman burst into tears and started crying in the class. And she says, why do things have to be always so up and so down? Why it can't be just nice and straight? And one of the other participants in the class piped up and said, well, medically speaking, if you're flatlining it, you're dead. Go figure. So what are, what are some of the ups and downs? Well, we see that Jotham's father, Uzziah, was mentioned in the scripture, was a righteous king. But even in his righteousness, he still did evil by bursting into the temple and burning incense on his own before the Lord. And this wasn't allowed. This was only for the priest to do. And as a result, he was stricken with leprosy, which he had until the day that he died. And just after his death was the time when Isaiah got that wonderful vision of God, which says, in the day that the year the king Isaiah died, I saw the Lord. He was high and lifted up, and the glory of his train filled the temple. You know, this morning as we're worshiping, Jim, I could just feel that glory in this place. I could just feel the presence of God as we're worshiping him together. That was an amazing, amazing time this morning already. And then we see Jotham's son. He had a, a, a real evilness about him. His name was Ahaz. And he did evil before the Lord. And the whole nation suffered because of it. We read in chapter 28, it says, The Lord had humbled Judah... Because of Ahaz, king of Israel, for he had promoted wickedness in Judah, and he had been most unfaithful to the Lord. Now, you can read the whole story. It's, it's there for us of all the garbage he did. That was his son. But then next we read of Jotham's grandson, Hezekiah. This was the son of the wicked Ahaz, and he again then did what was right in the sight of the Lord. And whenever you, you hear the word, he did what was right. It's like a breath of fresh air. You're going, good, finally. And what did he do? He purified the temple. New Testament says that judgment must begin at the house of God. And we'd all agree that the times when the temple needs to be cleansed. Whether it be the corporate place we meet or the individual temple needs to be cleansed. He restored temple worship. And when we enter this place every Sunday morning, every time we, we, we meet together, there's an opportunity for worship to be restored. He once again celebrated the Passover, the remembrance of God's deliverance from slavery in Egypt. And at this Passover, Hezekiah prayed this prayer in chapter 30. He says, May the Lord who is good pardon everyone who sets their hearts 
on seeking God. Well, friends, there is still a blessing today for those who will set their hearts to seek after God. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, You will seek me, and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. And verse 14 starts off by saying, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. So my question this morning, we're going to explore, do we prepare our hearts to seek the Lord? And by that, I mean, do we prepare our hearts for his presence? For his house? What is it that you do to make sure that our hearts are ready to receive the precious word of God? Before you got to this place this morning, Did you take time this morning to pray and wait in the presence of the Lord to be ready for what he would say to you? In our family life hour, we talked about any time that the presence of God is here, there's a reason, there's a blessing that can be received. And we talked this morning about two that were desperate for the presence of God about Jairus, who was desperate for his daughter to be healed, and the woman with the issue of blood, who was desperate to be healed. And we liken that to when Jacob wrestled, wrestled with the angel, says, I will not let you go until you bless me. And folks, if we come in with that type of tenacity every Sunday morning, say, God, you've got something for me today, and I am not letting go of you until I have it. In summarizing the work of of Hezekiah, Jotham's grandson, we read these words. He said, this is what Hezekiah did throughout Judah. Doing what was good and right and faithful before the Lord his God. In everything that he undertook in the service of God's temple, and in obedience to the law and the commands, he sought his God and worked wholeheartedly. And so he prospered. Doing things wholeheartedly. Last week, Pastor Rob encourages us in whatever we do, wherever our gifts of service lie, to do them as unto the Lord. Matthew chapter 22. Jesus was approached by one of the experts of the law who questioned him as to which of the commands was the greatest. And Jesus replied in verse 37, he says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Now, when something is repeated in Scripture, it's there for emphasis. It's there to take notice. Often we would see in... in, uh, The New Testament, uh, they would say, verily, verily, or truly, truly. And that was there for emphasis to say, I'm really meaning this right now. And so when Jesus says, with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, he was emphasizing the necessity for all. What does all mean? That's a good question, and I'm glad you asked. Now, in the Greek, the word all is the word holos, which means whole or complete. Now, that's a nice thing, isn't it? 
You know, wives, how many of you would like it if your husband says, you know, I, I really love you three days out of the week. Or I, I, I really love you well, most of the time. I think if we said that, our ribs would hurt because we would get an elbow right there. We wouldn't even think of that. When I say to my wife, I love you, it comes from the very depths of my heart with everything that I have. And when Jesus is saying that our love to God is to be whole and complete, nothing lacking with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, he is saying just that. Love God as if every aspect of your life depended on it. And how do we do this? How do we love the Lord with all our hearts, souls, and strength? Well, I think the key Jotham found was by preparing his way before the Lord. By giving it thought, by giving it place, by giving it prominence in his life. You know, we take the time to prepare other things in our lives. So why not prepare to worship and receive the word? Again, how many of us this morning, before we came into the house of the Lord, took time to prepare, took time to prepare our hearts for what God wants to say to us? And we prepare for what we're going to have for lunch. How many already have your lunch in the oven? I'm not coming to your place. But we do. We prepare ahead of time for things. Now, when we're considering to plant a garden, for example, we take time to prepare the soil. We take time to do it properly. In Matthew chapter 13, there is a wonderful parable of four types of soil. There's the wayside, the stony, the thorny, and the good soil. And that makes a great sermon because there's four points in it. See, three of these types of soil were not prepared at all. The owner had done nothing to prepare them to receive any seed. They were hard. The wayside ground was hard and packed. People had walked over it, and it was hard. The seed would set on top, and says the birds came and stole it away. Then there was uh, ground that was full of stones. The owner had done nothing to prepare the soil. He just left the stones in there, and since there was no depth of soil, the roots couldn't grow, and the plants withered and died. And then the third type was thorny ground. I really do wish that somebody could tell me that when there's drought and your grass is brown, the weeds are still green. You don't have to do anything, and they grow. It's an amazing thing. So there was not much growth in these three. Now, one type of ground was prepared, and that was the good ground. The hardness had been broken up, the stones had been picked out, the weeds had been uprooted, and what was left was soil that was ready to receive the seed. And Scripture tells us that this good ground produced a crop. Some 30 times, some 60 times, some 100 times what was planted. 
Now, earlier this spring, in the spring, we were preparing to plant our garden. Most specifically, the vegetable garden. Because you know, many of you know that around our house we've got four or five areas of garden that are mostly plants and flowers and shrubs that my wife is an expert at keeping. My strength is the vegetables, because years ago I decided I wasn't going to grow anything I couldn't eat. Okay? And so last year we discovered that some of the beans we had planted were actually pole beans. We thought they were bush beans, and they had pole beans, and as they grow up this trellis that Mel Thiessen put up for me in the garden. And we discovered that they were so much easier to harvest because they were at eye level. You know, you pick these beans, you didn't have to get down and grub in the dirt to get them, and they're right up there. They're so much easier to pick. It was easier on the back, much easier to see as they climbed up on the strings of the trellis. So this year, I went to the store and I bought a package of beans. The package said pole beans, and that's what I wanted. So I bought them. I brought them home and I waited till it was time to plant them. And I was expecting some nice green six-inch beans to grow. What I got was much more than I expected. And what I got was this. That is one bean. It said on the front of the package, pole beans. It said on the back in fine print, may grow between 24 and 36 inches long. They are called Asian long beans. They taste exactly the same as green beans. And if you pick them a little uh, uh, earlier and you put them in a stir fry, it tastes just like a snow pea. So now we say, do you want one bean or two for lunch? (laughs) Well, they're pole beans. See, the harvest was much greater than I had anticipated. And the same is true in the spiritual. When you prepare your hearts and your ways before the Lord, and you come to a service such as this, ready to give of yourself to worship and the word, what you get back is so much more than you could have imagined. When you come prepared to receive the word, you say, God, what is it you want to say to my heart today? And you're looking for it, you're expecting it, you're open to it, and you let the seed penetrate the soil of your heart. When you come and you say, God, these songs are about you, they're not about me, and you begin to enter into worship, The very first song, we have come into his house and gathered in his name to worship him, Christ the Lord. And I'm standing here today with you, and I'm feeling such an excitement for Scott Street Church. 
And we will never again have the same opportunities before us as we do today. And I want to encourage you. Seek the Lord with all your heart. When it's time to worship, worship with all your heart. When it's time to receive the word, open your heart up for what the Spirit of God wants to say. And when it's time to share your life with others in this body of believers, let's reach out and make a difference in somebody's life today. Jotham prepared his ways before the Lord. And the Lord prospered him in everything he did. Do you receive the word today? Do you receive it from God? Let it plant in your heart. Father, let your word grow. Produce a crop. We give you all we have in Jesus' name. listening. For any questions about the message or to contact any of our pastors, please visit scottstreetchurch.ca.